Hello, I'm Dorita Allen. Thank you for downloading this podcast and I really hope you enjoy it. Rodney, I've just uh, spent an incredible day with you at the Agrarian Kitchen. I came all the way uh, to Tasmania and you were the main reason why I came because I wanted, I was intrigued. I've been following you on Instagram and I was intrigued by what you're doing at the Agrarian Kitchen. Now, how did this all come about? Are you a refugee from Sydney? <laughs> I, yes, I'm a refugee from the big big island, as they call it here, yeah. um, being the little island of Tasmania. But um, incredibly humbled that you came to see us. Thank you very much. Uh, it was really a, a strong desire to get back to the source of the ingredients and, and produce and cook with, you know, understanding at a certain point in my cooking career that the best food comes from great ingredients and living in Sydney where we couldn't grow a thing you know it was small balcony no sunlight small apartment and um, Tasmania called I was came to, to, on a trip to Tasmania I was working for Gourmet Traveller magazine in Sydney and just fell in love with Tasmania and thought this is the place to do it if there's anywhere. So we, we looked for a, a suitable plot of land and building that we could do the cooking school and uh-huh. the and When the you gardens. say we? Uh, we, I, I can't mention my gorgeous wife, Severine. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it was convincing her that this was a good idea to take out the security of a big city and the jobs and, and give them up for, for the rural life of Tasmania and we were just uh, lucky to find a really beautiful spot and and somewhere and I think we were mad enough to kind of think that this was a good idea too because you have to be a little bit mad. You have to be a little bit mad exactly. Now so what did you and Severine, I know you were uh, you were food editor or editor mm. of, of mm, Food Gourmet Editor, Travel. yes. And so what did Severine do in real life? So Severine worked uh, in offices, she was an office manager so that mm. was entailed very good training for her because now she manages me mm. uh, in terms of uh, looking after the executives in the office and what whatever they needed, secretarial work and mm. and just sort of day-to-day running of the office. So event managing is absolutely her thing. It is. Yeah. yeah, she's very organised, mm-hmm. unlike me, and very knows her way around a computer, oh. unlike me. I can send an email <laughs> and I can type in a Word document, but that's about it. So, Dan, what was your vision? What were you going to do oh. when you up sticks, brought your one or two children? One at the time. One at the time. Yeah two now uh well we initially the idea was we were gonna we were thinking like i said oh maybe we should open a restaurant and everyone's like no no don't do a restaurant and so it was really about creating an experience Mm -hmm. because i knew that there were very few places in australia at the time i knew you were doing it but very few places in australia that where you could really tap into um real food yeah so you actually did know about I did know, of course oh. I knew about Ballymaloo, yeah. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. yeah. Mm. And uh, it, it was just about, I knew that, you know, if there was a place like I wanted to create, then I would have been there, just to learn the skills, you know. Yes. Um, you know, I wanted to know about gardening and growing vegetables, and so I'd read these books and it'd talk about varieties of raspberry, and I thought, varieties of raspberry, wow, you know, that's amazing. And so I wanted to be able to know what it was like to, to pluck a raspberry from the cane that was warm from the sun and you know what 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 was the difference and so it was about creating a place where we could firstly grow and I always say to my guests like this whole creation of the agrarian kitchen is a selfish thing 
<laughs> I did yes. it for myself. Yes, but it has to be something you're totally passionate about. It yourself. does. Otherwise, it's yeah. not going to work for other yeah. people too. But I also tell them the story of when you dine out in a restaurant that's amazing by yourself, it's not as great. Yeah. You have to have someone to share it with. So it's about bringing people on that journey with with me. So I'm out in my garden picking this stuff, but how great is it to share it with people and to cook together with them, yeah. but then to sit down and eat it with them yeah. and see their minds expanded like mine was expanded the first yeah, time I had that experience. You can almost see the penny drop. You and, can. And you know you've changed somebody's life. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And you know, I had a journalist ask me once so, you know, you're, you're into this sort of activism, but, but I never, like, you're not out there being active. I'm like, well, it's a bit like a fly with hu- flies, hu- the, the saying, you can catch yeah. more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. So yeah. you can shout at someone till they're blue in the face, till you're blue in the face, yeah. sorry. But when you sit them down and show them, that changes their life and they go out and change other people's lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm. So who actually comes to your cooking school? What, do people from Tasmania come? Do people come from all over the world? Yeah, we do get um, we get people from Tasmania. We get people from the um, rest of Australia. And we get people from other parts of the world too. And it really um, is always amazes me the reasonings because there's some people that they, they want to start their own, grow their own food and they want to mm-hmm. do this. So they want to see what you do. Other people are just interested in food. Other people are just you know, love eating. So, you know, they want to experience, well, what is it like if I sit down and try this food that's picked straight and cooked straight from a garden? Um, And all ages, you know, from the young right through to to the old. And people like to come and do it as an experience with friends and family. Yes. Yeah. And do they... Do people come on their own first, a bit sceptical? Sometimes. Sometimes people will come on their own and, and always I know by the end of it they'll be like oh I'm going to come back and bring my mum because she would oh, love this or my dad or sometimes like they'll book in we've had people come back as a significant birthday and bring all their friends and oh, they share the experience as together. As a whole book a whole, uh, whole experience. A whole class so yes. So is there something that you've noticed as you take people around the farm and gardens I suppose it's different during the seasons Yes. that sort of particularly the people go oh my god is there something or is it different in every season? Uh, yeah, look, I think it's different in every season. Berries are a big one. Yeah. You know, I haven't met a person who doesn't like berries. Yeah. And so for that, that experience of them actually picking it. But I think anything, any fruit that's actually ripe from a uh-huh. tree and they try it is yeah. a eureka moment. A revelation. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, I'm very, I, I love hens. I'm always trying yeah. to encourage people to keep hens. Do you find that you can persuade people of the, the, the sort of, it seems to me it ticks all the boxes if you have a few hens that yes. eat up all the scraps, etc. Do you, do you find that that's something that appeals to people or not? Oh, absolutely. Um, and what particularly appeals to them is them collecting the eggs. And yeah. I don't. It doesn't matter if you you, my daughter's age, like yeah. yesterday, four years old, collected them, or you're eighty years old. Yeah. I think there's a, the joys, you know, the small joys of yeah. those things. Yeah. And that's the thing you find, you know, with gardens and producing food. It's the it's the little things. Like I always say to people, it's the probably the the one vegetable that um, blew my mind was a carrot because you just don't expect something so humble to smell and taste so good. I know. You know, you expect you grow your own tomatoes, they're going to be amazing. You grow your own corn, it's going to be amazing. But that humble carrot, you know, that's... We pull it out and people go, I can smell it from here. Yeah, or the kids, people say, my kids won't eat vegetables, they won't eat carrots. You know, they see this to me. And then they taste a carrot out of the ground, run it under the tap, 
And my God, there they are eating carrots. That's it. it. And then the other thing, of course, about growing something yourself is that when you wait so long, you can't bear to waste any of it. You want everybody to know you grew it. And sure as you never complain about the price of food again. Absolutely. (laughs) And just putting, I think, for people to put that energy into focusing on their food, it really makes them appreciate it. Absolutely. They want to hug every farmer they see uh, from then on. Tell me what's happening in, in many parts of the world, this generation and indeed the generation before, where m- both partners in the family are very often, you know, for economic reasons, apart from anything else, working, and so very little cooking is going on. Is that happening here in Tasmania and Australia as well? Are yeah. the cooking skills lost or being lost? Yeah, a lot of the cooking skills are being lost because we're moving away from, you know, it's it's very housing's very expensive here, and mm-hmm. Australians have this thing that, you know, everyone you have to own own a house. You know, it's it's I oh, know it's not a European thing, but it's a very Australian oh, thing. Oh, it's very like that in Ireland. We're right. terribly attached to our land yes. and our our own little plot. It's kind of epigenetics almost part yeah. because of our history. Yeah. Yeah. So people are, you know, both both have to go out and work to in order to do this because everyone wants land and it goes up in price and so to do that. So yeah, a lot of it they're not cooking and they're coming home and it's all about quick and fast. But what is also happening is people are realising that my mum and my grandmother could cook, but I can't cook, yes. and I and and I have a desire to do that. So people are, uh, are seeking out those skills, but also seeking out the skills to actually create um, things like how to make cheese or how yes. to make my own cured meats or how yes. to make my own bread. So they're yes. finding solace in that and and taking back a little bit yeah. of what they feel they've been robbed of and doing yeah. this on the weekend. That is so interesting to say, being robbed of, because I often have students who say to me, we're the forgotten generation, we're the generation that has has not, these skills have not been handed on to us. Yep. And there's like a craving yes. to relearn these, what people might call forgotten skills. Yes. And uh, suddenly, uh, actually I think we're going to be saved by the millennials who mm-hmm. are really wanting to take back control over yes. some of their food again. Well, what's happened with the with our industrialized food is that people have kind of been sold this lie that this you can't make this. We, this has got to be made in a factory this food. Yes. But what they're relearning is well, not only can I make it and people used to make this stuff, I yeah. can make it better. Yes. And I can make it as better for me and it and it brings me something else. Exactly. And we get a lot of people obviously who um, have done very well in their lives. They've they've followed careers and 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 certainly made far more money than their parents could ever dream of, and yeah. lived in live in far better conditions and housing. But but they feel they're not complete. I know. They yeah. they feel they there feel there's something missing more. from their life. Yeah. Yes. So certainly, um, you know, I know people who have have worked and saved their money and then gone, right, I'm going to go now and I'm going to buy my piece of land, I'm going to live in the countryside and make goat cheese or something like that. Well, this is, it seems to me, it's one of the reasons actually that I came to Australia this time is to to explore and to research this, what seems to me to be a really proper movement where people, in the cities, there are more and more people are saying, well, look, there has to be more to life Mm -hmm. than this. And there is... A considerable, there are a considerable number of people leaving the cities and coming out and deciding to settle for a different kind of lifestyle. Yes. And a lot of time with a, a lot of hard work, but uh, f- for this reason, the, exactly the reason that you 
uh, that you spoke about. But I've been in Australia for a couple of weeks now. I've eaten incredibly well. I'm now in Tasmania. But golly, there's something extra special here. Um, it seems to me that climate, the fertility of the soil, um, you have it all here. Tasmania is a special place in that it tends to attract yes. creative type people, I yeah. think. And um, even, you know, I never get sick of kind of meeting people who have amazing lives outside of Tasmania, but yeah. choose Tasmania as yes. kind of their place of solace. And when I, part of the reason that I've chosen to be in Tasmania and that's part of the joy of Tasmania is people have chosen to be here yes. a lot of times um, part of the reason I chose Tasmania is because I could see it just had this wonderful potential in this raw state the people who grew up here you know quite often moved away because mm -hmm. they had to to yes. pursue careers but it's a really unique and special place and never quite realised how special it is yes. and is slowly starting to realise that. Yes, and it's very favoured by nature with this fertile soil and this really incredible climate and uh, it seems that your time is just coming really. Yes, yeah. I, I think I think so and you know I can see you know there's an there's a incredible potential for Tasmania to really um, capitalise on the unique position it has with beautiful still clean air and beautiful soil yeah. and to grow beautiful clean food yes. and and then to you know be a be really unique in that the range of stuff that it yeah. can grow and too. you have a very strong developing food culture here cheese making and all sorts of things yeah well rodney dunn thank you so much uh, from the agrarian kitchen when exactly did you start uh, actually what in 19 uh we started in uh 1998 Yes. 1998, so almost a 10-year anniversary. Yes, almost. Well, congratulations on what you've achieved. Oh, now tell me, before we finish, just mm. tell me uh, about the next step, because yesterday we had lunch at, at the Agrarian Eatery. That's it? right, yes. yeah, the Agrarian tell Kitchen Eatery. Tell me about this, because so, brilliant, So, um, obviously, you've been doing this for the cooking school for almost 10 years, and really it was about... Uh, taking the beautiful food that we had around us and produced around us and bringing it to a bit wider audience mm. um, because people would come out to the school and think they could come and eat there, yeah. um, not realising they'd have to do the class first. But uh, to, to, we had found the most gorgeous big old building in um, a big old mental hospital and had this beautiful 1925. Where, uh, where is this exactly? It's just a seven kilometres from the school in a place called New Norfolk. New Norfolk, yes. yes. And uh, we had this wonderful opportunity, so we thought, why not? Let's do what we said we'd never do and open a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and... I think uh, knowing a little bit of the story about it was an incredibly courageous move because New Norfolk really, as far as I understand, had the biggest mental hospital in the whole of, was it Australia? Southern or Hemisphere. Somewhere in Hemisphere. And yep. so the town carried the stigma almost of yes. this mental hospital. and mm. these. But on the other hand, you had these really beautifully proportioned buildings. Mm. And you took this step to decide, despite that stigma yes. and, and the aura, to actually to take these buildings and to convert them into the what's now in the most beautiful space with your restaurant and several other rooms that are uh, you know perfect for private dining and for events yes. and so on and uh, so and the so tell me about that actually uh, and your concept for the restaurant there yes yeah, so we we followed the same 
lines that we do at the school whereby we're using local produce and um, because we produce a lot of our own food for the school and and participants pick that produce there's a lot of other wonderful producers around us that I don't really get the never had the opportunity to use their produce certainly um, not in the abundance that they produce it so the restaurant was a way that we could take the produce from the valley all the excess produce from the Mm. school and really put it on a plate for people to really experience Mm. it at its absolute freshest beautiful Mm. and then you had you serve it on the local pottery from the area that's right so we follow that right through with uh, even the plates have been made by our gardener from the school actually who's also a potter (laughs) i'll have to go home and tell my gardener to (laughs) pull the plug out (laughs) well rodney thank you so much and congratulations on what you've both achieved so far this is a space to watch and if any of you get an opportunity to come uh, to tasmania i think uh, you need to beat a part to the the door of the agrarian kitchen and the agrarian eatery. Thank you very much. Thank you.